everybody. Welcome to the Weird World Podcast, where we talk about weird stuff. My name's Carrie. I'm Jack. I'm Dean. And Dean's got a weird bit for us. Just this little one. Yes, this is a true weird bit. Today we're going to talk about beavers. What? <gasps> yeah. Oh. Here on Beaver Talk, the podcast that's constantly <laughs> misunderstood. Yep, lesbians, where are you? <laughs> How many beavers do you think used to be in North America back in the day? Um, the pre, uh, Pre-Europeans, let's say. Millions. Zero. What? Mom. I don't know. You think they were, they were imported from Europe? Maybe. No. They're native. It's the Canada beaver. Yeah. The beaver, there were tens of millions of beavers at one point in North Damn. America. Ten, they were all over. This is, this is beaver country. See, I was debating either to say a bazillion or zero. Yeah, well, that's cheating. But, uh, <laughs> there even once was a giant beaver the size of a black bear during the Ice Ages, by the Holy way. Holy shit. Could you imagine? Big ass beaver. She'll slap you with that tail. Mm, yeah. Mm. But... Unfortunately for beavers, their fur is really soft and durable, and it's resistant to freezing and things like that. And so water. It, yeah. And water, too, yeah. yeah. So it's very popular in you know, cooler climates here in North America. And then also in the, in the, sometime, I guess, the 19th century and into the 20th century, I think, beaver coats became all the rage. Yeah. Man. Was that the... That the Weird, roaring 20s college Even before, actually, yeah, but even before that, it was popular, too. In the 19th century, it was popular popular as well. But that's weird. Why would a college kid want a big old beaver? Status. Trendy. Just trendy. Weird. So, obviously, to satisfy the whims of fashion, beavers had to be slaughtered by the millions and thousands. So, by about 1900, there were 100,000 beavers left in all of North America. Oh, my God. Holy cow. That's crazy. From from tens of millions. God damn. Beavers, as you know, they remake their ecosystem, don't they? They have maybe the highest impact animal out there, probably. They right? are a keystone species. They are. They make dams, as we know, and mm-hmm. some people think only people should make dams, only much bigger dams made out of concrete that completely remake entire river valleys as opposed to just a little creek or whatever. Yeah. But it turns out that the actions of beavers are actually almost entirely beneficial. They're good. They... they conserve water, they maintain water quality, they reduce erosion, and they create lots of habitat for other animals to live in and to thrive. Wow. But for most of the existence, until relatively recent times, they were seen as a nuisance. And especially whenever they lived near people, yeah, didn't yeah. work out so well. <laughs> people just think that, oh, we get to do everything. Animals can't do it. I know. It's really annoying. Like really moles. Good. Yeah. Let the moles be, okay? No. So what if they eat some of your flowers? Get they over don't, it. though. Get over your goddamn hydrangeas. Moles don't eat flowers. They eat the pests that eat your flowers. Let well, the moles why, live. So why do people hate moles, then? Because the they holes. think they're digging up my garden. Yeah. Like eat gophers. My worms. Why, eat worms. why does every person have to I kill all know. the gophers Leave in the their gophers yard. alone. Stop live. whacking yeah. the mole and the yeah. gopher. Don't whack mm-hmm. them. Don't. Stop it. Leave them alone. Mean. So when people started to move into southwestern Idaho in the 1930s in kind of a big way, a clash was inevitable because there were uh, some beavers there. Idahoans. So, <laughs> I just like to hear you say Idahoans <laughs> in, a, in a real, in a sigh, just well, an exasperated voice. Oh, those Idahoans. And they're, they're on potatoes. my list right now. Are they? Yes. Okay. okay. You mean from the... COVID-related oh, yeah. issues. Well, well, they're they're not doing the right thing. No, they're not. Get your act together, Idaho. Okay, okay, all right, Idaho. Yeah, actually, I agree with her. So Ooh. soon, the new bipedal immigrants 
said that the old, you know, quadrupedal, right? <laughs> Bucktooth natives were messing up their space. They were like flooding their lawns sometimes, or they're damaging their sprinkler systems or their culverts. That's not going to work. Hmm. That's, that's some bullshit beavers. You got to go. Obviously, they had to go. They did a count. There were 76 beavers in this oh. area. Oh. This was just at the end of World War II. So this was an enlightened era. And they said, we're not going to kill the beavers. Although, I'll bet you money that was brought up in money meetings at the Idaho Fishing Game. Yep. Said, let's yeah. Let's just poison them, guys. They decided not to. The Idaho Fishing Game said, no, let's not kill them. Again, they're beneficial. They knew this by now. Let's just put them somewhere else. Let's go mm. for option B. Good luck. They'd relocate them to a less populated part of the state. That was the idea, right? They'd been now, people had been moving beavers for a while, and it was typically done in a very, in a way that was really hard on the beavers. Yeah. It, it, typically in Idaho in like 1930s, when they first started transporting beavers, they would chloroform? No, they would put them in a box, trap them, put them in a box, and they'd put the box in. They put whatever how many beavers they could trap into a truck, and they'd take the truck out into the wilderness where they would then drop them off to a conservation officer who would take possession of them, and then that conservation officer said, "Okay, I, he would figure out the right place to put them far, far away in the, in the wilderness. He would then put them in a truck and drive them as far as the road went. If that wasn't far enough, though, and it usually wasn't, they then had to put them onto mules or horses and take them on foot." in a sense, into, you know, real isolated wilderness and then yeah. let them go there. What so the fuck? that was how they did it. It was long and arduous and it wasn't very efficient. How are they going to do that for 76 beavers? Exactly. And, and also it was very hard on the beavers because they, they often died. Yeah, Their mortality stress. rate was, was yeah. exactly it was a lot of stress or they would get dried out. Beavers need, uh, they're in water. I mean, they're water yeah. animals. They need to stay cool Semi-aquatic. and stay wet. And being on the, uh, in a truck and on the back of horses for two or three days wasn't, wasn't working. Uh, so often they would hmm. die. Or, or it would make like some old beaver would get like super ornery uh, and just throw a, a tantrum and spook the horse or the mule. Yeah. Oh, shit. They had a live animal on their back. And, and yeah. they need to be like in water it. to poop. So they probably got real constipated. Oh, yeah. I hadn't thought about that. That's even worse. Sepsis. Oh. Ooh, not good. I didn't know that about beavers. They do. They got to go in water to poop, poop, poop. Hmm. So now it's 1948. You've got these 76 beavers you need to move from southwestern Idaho to somewhere else. So, and, and we have been moving animals in more and more creative ways all the time. These days, yeah. of course, yeah. it's helicopter. Helicopters have kind of revolutionized. You might have seen, I, don't, I've, I, I know I've seen it somewhere, but there's a video of a rhino being airlifted with you know huge straps from the yeah. bottom of the helicopter yeah. to the feet and they're hanging upside down. Have you seen that? No. Oh my god, that's I thought terrible. you meant like, well, like a hammock. No. Yeah. No, they, of, they, you know? they smaller animals they they move like goats. They I've seen mountain goats will be in uh-huh. a hammock and they'll drop them off. No, uh, rhinos because their organs if they if they carry them like uh, that, their oh. organs get compressed. Right. So actually it's safer and better for them if you hang them upside down. I'm sure they're sedated. And oh, they, okay. you, they're sedated. You hang them upside down by their feet. Fucking, you take them uh, to a place that's either safer for them or because it's a place they think they'll be able to breed. So right. they're trying to matchmaker it. Yeah. Matchmaker. That's yeah. Funny. Rhino matchmakers. So in 1948, they're thinking, we got to think of a creative way. The horseback truck thing isn't going to work. How are we going to do this? So Elmo W. Heater, 
of the Idaho Fish and Game Department. He said, you know what? That's a name. Let me try. Let me give it a shot. Good old think Elmo. So. W Heater. Elmo W Heater, <laughs> H-E-T-E-R. I hope I'm not. It could be Hater. I don't know. Either neither one's great, but Heater's better. Yeah. Well, Hater is pretty fun. Yeah. I'm not a hater. I'm just a hater. Okay. Could be header. <laughs> Let's move on. <laughs> so Elmo, as he'll now apparently be named, he figured, oh, you know what we can do? We can parachute them. What? What? This is okay. diving BBs. Elmo. <laughs> I, I imagine he ignored questions about if you could train the little beavers to pull the ripcord at the right time yeah. or to flatten out and so they don't go into a death roll. He just said, you know what? Let's not do it like that. Let's not expect too much for the beavers. Let's I don't put know. them in a box and attach the box to a parachute. And that's, we'll parachute them that oh my way. God. And <laughs> then they're supposed to know how to get out of the box once they land. Yeah. Elmo, mechanism. Gary, Elmo is going to, oh, you know. he's thinking things there. Somebody's okay. going to, boop, 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 boop. Hello, I'm coming to get you free. <laughs> <laughs> they also decided they would do it in the Sawtooth Mountain Range of Central Idaho, which, by the way, that was that's rugged country. So now it was not going to be necessarily every time going to be someone manually let it. Yeah. Out. Ooh. Good luck. So, Never luckily, mind. World War II was not long over, so there are plenty of parachutes. Check. Okay. This is going to be doable. We're going to do this. It's going to work, people. Let's go. Heater also had a grumpy old beaver on hand. I guess I kind of mascot. I don't know, but it was this old male beaver, and it, he had named it Geronimo. No, no, which okay. was completely apropos as it turned out, since he became yeah. the test beaver for all of Heater's ideas on how to parachute the beavers wow. into the wilderness. I mean, he's got a pet beaver. I, I think so. And he's so. the guinea pig beaver. Or he's, or he's the beaver they had trapped and he had. And he, he needed to trap it. I wasn't sure if they trapped the beaver especially for this or what. Or, <laughs> they or he on had hand. it. Hey. He, beaver on hand. So for, for instance, he had to know how far to drop the parachute from that was the most efficient and safest. It had to be above the tree line, obviously. And, but it, it also had to leave time for the parachute to deploy uh-huh. on the descent. But not so far that bad would, things can happen. Like the beaver could gnaw its way out of a box, let's say. Yeah. In, in, in the, time the air, yeah. In the air, yeah. So it turned out about 500 to 800 feet was the sweet spot. That How doesn't do you, seem like but it's he, enough. He did that. Oh, yeah, it is. Because remember, it's the parachute's deploying almost immediately. Yeah. As soon as it's okay. safely away from the plane, it would, it, it would deploy and okay. slow the descent fairly quickly. And and that was above most trees and was, you know. And they're trying to do it into meadows, by the way. Yeah. But but hopefully not too far from a, a source of water. Right. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah. yeah, how are the beavers going to know where to go? They'll find. Do Sense they? of smell. They okay. can smell water from miles away. Okay. They're good at it. They know what to do. Yeah. The box was the key, though, because if you just dropped a beaver off in a box and you didn't let it out, it would die in the box. So yeah. the beaver had to get up out of the box at landing Heater tried woven willow boxes, but he quickly found out those were super easy to chew through. So yeah. he worried that a beaver would chew through in mid-flight. So he scratched woven willow as but the box. They sound real cute. It does. And rustic. It sounds like something that we can buy an Etsy now. Yeah. 100%. Mom, that's your next craft. Woven yeah. willow boxes <laughs> you know, for beaver parachute. I see Carrie becoming a woven a willow weaver. <gasps> a willow tomorrow. weaver. I've I've woven a bowl. <laughs> you wove a bowl? Uh-huh. Made out of what? Straw? Wool. Wool wool? A wool bowl. Yeah. Wool bowl. It's hard to say wool. It's like rural juror. <laughs> wool <laughs> bowl. Really? Yeah. Have you ever eaten out of it? 
Ew. It's not that kind of. I mean, it's just a bowl oh, shape. Oh, oh. You could put a plant in it. You sure, could put doodads sure. in it. I so kept many, my masks in it so for a while. So many great things. Oh, I just love those, you know, things like that that sit around the house with Chachkeys. absolutely no useful use in any way, shape, or form. I kept my love masks them, in it. Love them. Oh my god, Lily, it's <sighs> very useful. Okay, Heater tested some concepts and he landed on two boxes that. Neither one had a lid, right? And he put them together on hinges and then fastened them, like kind of like a big suitcase. Mm-hmm. They didn't have a lid. That, so think of two boxes. Neither both don't have a lid, and you put them together, lidless, and, hinge them. On, and then oh, hinge them. I see, I see. And then you'll he'll strap them. And he drilled holes into them for air and I don't know. Thankfully, parachuting too, ventilation for parachuting. I guess just in case they didn't get out right away. And he tied it up in such a way to the parachute, that as soon as it landed, it would snap open. The hinges would pop open. Okay. And the beaver would be able to easily, hopefully the the parachute didn't land on top of the beaver, but... Eek. Like a little party ball of a beaver. That's really funny. The beaver would, you know, once the hinges were open, it would release its terrified occupant, and the beaver would go on its way. It's traumatized. So Geronimo was the test beaver for this, and eventually Geronimo had done so many tests... That whenever he would come in with a box, Jerome would just like give up and meekly <laughs> crawl into the box, ready for oh, his next my test. God. Yeah, he was he was he was dead inside. I hate heater. Poor Geronimo. Point. Yeah. To make up for this, though, Geronimo, when he was let loose on the airlift, he was landed with not one, not two, but three sweet lady beavers to start a whole new colony with. So he, you know, that's nice. Yeah, it was nice of of heater to do that. So on August 14th, 1948, all 76 beavers began their journey to be airlifted out of southwest Idaho into the Sawtooth Range in central Idaho. It took several days on a twin-engine Beechcraft travel air plane. One beaver had the lashings. One of the lashings broke as one of the beavers was parachuting down, right? I think on the first day. And it crawled out. It was able to squirm out of the suitcases, the suitcase boxes, and get on and latch on to the top of the box. And it midair, midair, midair. Almost immediately, it got out. So it's falling a few hundred feet, air surfing. This brave beaver was riding the airwaves, I guess, for hundreds of feet as it hurtled toward the ground. I mean, he's going to do it. This is going to happen. The I guess they're looking down and they're seeing this. And okay, this is going to be great. Then at 75 feet, the beaver decided to either jump or he slipped off and he plummeted to his death. Yeah, beavers, they are not good at climbing. They don't have great balance. But he still, if he just stayed on, if he held on, he would have been fine. Um, I don't know how big this box is. He could have been, you're right. Yeah, I was going to say, like it might be like a Jack and Rose situation. There's not enough room for both of them on that fucking box. <laughs> Scoot the fuck over, Rose. I can clearly see you have room. Yeah, well, they need to tape that shit up. But that beaver was the only casualty of the entire operation. 75 beavers made it safely to the ground. What the fuck? When they got down there, they did what beavers did usually, and they thrived. They started building colonies immediately, damming up creeks, and you know, doing just fine. Well, that's hmm. good to know. There is a short documentary film that was made that cataloged this operation. 
it showed the beavers being like loaded into boxes, trying to squirm out, etc. There's a typical narrator, a, a Disney style narrator. <laughs> no, you don't, old girl. Get back in your box. That kind of thing. What's it called? Beaver Falls. That would be a fabulous name, by the way. The little shows the, the, they're loaded onto the plane. The plane takes off. The, they show the parachute coming down. There's a cameraman on at least one landing on this. I saw two minutes of it on YouTube. There's a cameraman is down there apparently because it shows the beaver popping out of his box and, and there's, there's the parachute and it, it starts crawling away. And that's what the beaver, the narrator is saying, oh, don't worry. They'll find water. They're really good at that. Yeah. For decades, decades, this footage was lost. Oh, oh, it's a lost media? And then, it, yeah, for, for a long time it was. I love those. One day in 2014, Sharon Clark got a phone call. She mm-hmm. worked for the Idaho Fishing Game Department. On the other end was a guy named Michael Davidson. He worked for the state archives. He said, I found it. I found it. She oh, knew what he's talking about. They had been actively looking They had been this? actively looking for it. <laughs> I mean, six years, <laughs> six years. Clark, Sharon Clark had been told about this from like an old timer. Yeah. It just came up and the guy goes, you know, Urban they made legend. a film when the beavers were parachuted one time back in 1948. And, and, and hey. you know, they made a film about it. She's going, what now? I have to have that film. <laughs> so Me too. she and Michael Davidson had been searching for it for six years. Again, he worked for the archives. He found it finally. It had been mislabeled and misfiled, but he was able to find it. They opened it up and it was brittle. There, oh, uh, no. And so they had to call in a specialist to digitize it, and that was done successfully. Oh, my goodness. And they were able to view it, and then uh, apparently almost immediately it got out because it was uploaded on YouTube in 2015 Good. where it garnered over a half a million views. It became wow. a little mini sensation. I, I have no it. memory of this whatsoever. No, me neither. But I've never heard of it. Oh. it Did you? I've seen it. I've seen it. It's just a little. I don't know if it's the whole thing, but it's a two-minute version. I'm pretty sure it's not because it, it seems like yeah. it starts in mid and it and in mid kind of almost mid sentence from the 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 fabulous narrator. It's one of those classic old timey narrators. Yeah. They're hilarious. They sh- we should still have them. So if you want, if you're interested in watching Beaver's Parachute, jump on YouTube, check it out. Hit. It's entertaining, and that's the story of the skydiving beavers. Well, I they're braver than me. Well, they weren't given a whole lot of choice in the matter, that's true. as you can imagine. They were kind of made, they're kind of involuntary parachutists. Yes. Did you know our city has a beaver management program? I did not know that. BMP. Wow. Yep. Really? How many are there? I don't Enough. know. There can't be we that live many. near a river. I know, yeah. but still. Damn. Yeah. I would not have guessed we had a beaver management program. Guess what the wire mesh around those trees we saw today on our dog walk <gasps> for? For beaver proofing. For beavers. Oh. Yeah. The city places wire mesh around trees at selected locations and keeps portions of creeks that are normally dry in the summer well drained. Uh, we were on a dry creek bed. We love to see it. Thank yeah. you, beavers. I've seen the beavers in the wild once yeah. or twice. They're, um, I enjoy them. They're bigger than you might think. Too, yes. by the way. They're pretty good-sized creatures. That's why I don't fuck with them. Them teeth. Oh, yeah. Big old teeth. Not black bear size, but still. <laughs> Big enough, like a small dog, like a almost a small to medium sized dog. And they're, and they're thick. Thick. Yeah, very thick. They're thickums. Yeah, they'll kick your ass. They'll chew right through your leg. Like wombats. Carry some stun. FYI. What? Oh, God. We don't relocate beavers. We so kill them, don't we? We kill them. What uh, the hell? Listen Put them, parachute city. them. Give them a chance. Give them a fighting chance. We're going to write this city. This relocation of wild mammals is not a biologically sound practice in many situations and is highly restricted in the state you of know, California. That sounds like some bullshit. I'm angry. I want to see some parachutes. Yeah. 
Mm. Considerable stress, blah, blah, blah. These babies than, live. Okay, you, you know what causes stress? Being killed. Territorial disputes often resulting in low survival rates. Yeah, okay. You know they what's a low survival a rate? Points. Zero from being killed. That's a low survival rate. I'm angry. I'm still angry. Yeah. Not they might have terrible. a couple points, this but it's crusade. still sad. This is a crusade that I'm going to forget about first thing in the morning, but still, it's going to be a crusade that's going to last through <gasps> much of the rest of the night. One solution. We open a beaver sanctuary. Yes. In our backyard. <laughs> backyard beavers. We'll call it backyardbeavers.com. Hmm. Trademark that right now. <laughs> I'm sure it exists. <laughs> it probably does. Anyway. Any other news for us, Garrett? Just let them live. Yeah, that's what I say. Well, yeah. But Would I you? guess... It, Property damage and fuck your property. Or, Abolish sorry property. About your sprinklers. Flood control issues. Now this is going to turn into Jack's communism podcast. <laughs> Abolish property. <laughs> anyway. Okay. All right. That's a weird bit. Our weird bit. Hope you enjoyed that. See, it wasn't nasty or horrible. Or, no, it or wasn't. No one died. Nobody well, cried. One beaver died. Well, one beaver died. Well, that's it. Though. That's not bad. Oh, yeah. Out of seventy six, that's not bad. All right. See you next time. Thanks, Dean. Follow us and oh. and like us and that stuff on the stuff. Okay. <laughs> Jack sounded a little needy there. Write us a good review. That'd be nice. Cool. Five stars. Right on. Bye. Goodbye. All right, bye.